from Ennui. This is Ennui Talk. You can support the show and other Ennui projects by subscribing to Ennui Plus on Patreon. But for now, sit down and enjoy. This is surreal for me. For somebody who's been like, you know, going at podcasting for like, and making content for quite a few years now. And it's, I think one thing that sort of stopped me growing in the beginning was sort of um, the collaboration sort of stuff. Um, like there's a few years ago. Well, you know what? We've got, we're, we're live now. I'm just going to say we're, we're recording now. Welcome back to the Only Talk podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Winter. I'm here with John Swan. Um, great YouTube um, commentary channel. But just to f- finish my thought, let's just go casual. You know what? There's too many. Uh, yeah, there's, sure. There's cause, and one thing I was going to say was um, the crate. You did a podcast. You did two podcasts episodes with the crate. Yeah, Unknown. I did. I did. Yes. And there were some, you know, there's, if you want to hear more about um, your work and the Chris Hansen stuff, and I'm forgetting her name off the top of my head that the, um, Susie the woman, Lou. The Susie Lou woman, yes. If you want to hear more about that, um, go listen to those great episodes with Matt Tabor, Kevin Lieber, um, because I am definitely not going to do that justice. Definitely not. Um, there's, um, I like, I, I let's just go casual because I think that's, you know, that's what people want to hear. People have heard, like, you know, they've watched the videos, they've heard you talk about that stuff a million times. Um, but like, yeah, let's just go nice and casual. One thing I was going to say, I can't even remember my fucking train of thought. And that's how these podcasts start. I ramble, I ramble, and... Um, yeah. Uh, absolutely. And that's, you know what? I think part of me feels like I have, like, you know, um, I don't know, ADHD or something like that. Never diagnosed, but... Um, I, and I, that's the sort of personality I am, I think, as well. And that's, that's what I was going to say before. When we were talking about... I think that's one reason why I have never grown my content wise like i think it was like a few years ago back in the day mm. i was talking um did podcasts with a few commentary channels bionic pig was one did on dave i did a few um did an episode oh, with yeah. him um and i never really liked the commentary community um they were <laughs> uh, and it's i think back then that was sort of at the the peak i think that was around the time it was when there was hot wet soup when there was Bionic Pig, oh, yeah. Elvis the Alien, and that was back when it was with, and I'm forgetting his name, Teddy Bear. Um, um, Zapti. Yeah, that's right. And then there was all the drama with that. And then it was like, oh, this is interesting. Think people, these commentary channels on YouTube and things are actually like happening. They're not just like making content. There's so much mm. more behind the scenes. And then it was just oh, yeah. trickling in. And then there was like learning more about Keemstar. And then Keemstar called me out in some tweet that because dead on Dave said something on the podcast or whatever. And then I realized I don't really know if I want to be in that community. Um, and it's, mm. have, do, how, how do you feel about that sort of commentary community? Do you think you're distant enough from it while still being in it? Does that make sense? Like not getting involved in the drama. Like I think there is a fine balance sort of thing as well. I think to be in the commentary community, Getting involved in drama is kind of necessary. Like, the whole thing around the commentary community is that it reports on drama situations and current and current events in the in the community. That's kind of, I think, what it, what it's all about. I don't know. There's, I think there's a difference, though, between re- reporting on drama and getting involved in drama yourself. I think people that get involved in drama themselves are very silly, uh, because it doesn't help anything, and it's just it's just a bog down at the end of the day. Um, and 
airing out their own personal dramas on the internet is generally not a very good way to go about things at all. But yeah, there is a fine line between it, and but I think a lot of it can be mitigated by just um, not being a, a, a not being an idiot, just 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 being being a good person, being a nice person, um, and 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 kind of going on from there. A lot of people they they go on this. Uh, they, they they market themselves as the asshole, and they can never they never have like human aspect to anything they do, and that's probably where the where the issues lie is that they don't they're not they're not really a person they're not they don't they don't seem like they're a person. Um, so yeah, I think I think there is a fine line, but at the same time, I think it's getting involved in drama is necessary, but having your own drama is something else. I think one thing I was going to say was I feel like that. When people come into the commentary community, and like this is with like, you know, making content just in general, you're influenced by people, mm. you're inspired by people. And oh, yeah. a lot of the times it starts as, you know, and I, th- and I think a lot of the cases it's when they're, they're obviously younger, definitely. And it's, you know, um, they see these commentary channels and they go, okay, I'm going to make my own channel. I'm going to have my own little character. Um, you know, I'm, n- I'm not going to reveal my face on camera, at least for a, a while and for a majority of them. Um, create a character, an avatar. Um, you know, and then they all just make videos on the same drama and that stuff oh, as yeah. well. And I think it's like, I feel like with content like that, especially when it's like, you know, it's subject based, it's reporting based, I guess, commentary based. I feel like you either have to be really, really, really good at it or you have to be really, really different. Um, oh yeah. And I yeah. think that's like, with there's the, a s- mm, sorry, continue. Yeah, there's a massive oversaturation problem. Absolutely. That's what I was going to say. There's there is a lot of commentary channels that kind of just do the same thing, and this is the problem with commentary: is that there's so many people. Um, generally they're younger on the younger side and on the smaller side that think you know that they see all these commentary channels and they try and emulate what everyone else does, without creating their own unique identity, and um. There's a there's a bunch of videos and there's a bunch of channels that really you, you I don't there there isn't much difference between them. No. It's kind of like all the same channel almost. Like it's really hard to pick out a different uh a di- different channels because they all look almost exactly the same. They talk almost exactly the same. They make the same points. They say the same stuff. And at the end of the day, you know, it's redundant because you got so many channels doing the exact same thing. And instead of listening to the smaller guys, people are just gonna people are just gonna go watch the bigger guys instead that have already done this for for years and are already well respected. Um, see, this is this this I think is the the big issue with small commentary, and it's it's one of these things where people have to understand about um, making yourself different enough. Um, to 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 be seen and to be to be um i don't even just say i don't even want to say respected just to be just to make yourself different enough that people can actually watch you and have um, have something different come out of your content than you would otherwise um I, i think that's that's really important and differentiation is something that i've tried to do since probably every year ago now i've tried in my in my head i thought look everyone else is doing the same thing how i how can i do this but i how do i do it better so i started to think about ways to differentiate myself from other people for at first you know i used to make you know uh, long form 
not a lot of long form, sorry, shorter form commentary videos. Um, kind of more critiques, I would say. Uh, I did one on Just Destiny, and then there was one on James Charles. But I didn't, I don't know, they, they did well-ish, I suppose. Um, the Just Destiny one got promoted by Keemstar, which is kind of ironic because he has me blocked on Twitter now. <laughs> I think I've been blocked for over a year. Oh, we've all been Keemstar. there. We've all been there. Oh, dude, dude, he still has me blocked. He taught, he, um... He, he said on a, on a live stream the other the other week um, that I'm I'm a I I, I hate John Swan. He's he's a very annoying voice, and um, he he just steals ideas from other commentators, and that's what that's what he says. Very epic thing, Keemstar. Thank you very much. Um, good luck, good luck, Keemstar. He's great. Oh damn! I, I don't understand that. How are you stealing con? I don't under- like that's he baffles me. I've never been no, able to. I've never been able to just understand him or even reason with uh, him at all. Dude, it's quite funny. Now, the, the, it came about the reason that he had him so much because I worked with something someone he didn't like. Mm. Um, I've stopped working with that person now since then. And then someone asked him like on another stream, he's like, "Oh, you're gonna unblock Johnson now because he stopped working this with this person." And then he says, um, "No, I I still think he has an annoying voice, so I'm gonna keep him blocked." That's racist. <laughs> What is, what is wrong with the Australian voice? I think it's... Uh, I've heard that many people find the Australian accent attractive. And the Australian accent to. cool or whatever. Like, I I think I think it's very odd to hear. Maybe I that's because we I are Australian. The, I think the comments of my videos say otherwise to Keemstar. I'm just going to say that right now. <laughs> I'm just going to say that right now. Oh, fuck me. But I think you have yeah. differentiated your content quite, quite well. And I think that's... Yeah. It's. I think the one thing is... People for the longest time have said, you know, with YouTube to be successful, you have to make more content. It's quantity over quality. And I think like, you know, what you have put out has proven otherwise. There is so much quality in these videos. They are long. Yes. And I think that's, you know, if you split those videos up over like a few weeks, blah, 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 I don't think it would have the same effect. That's the, that's the Shane Dawson thing. Like obviously, but like obviously a different situation. A lot of his videos, especially, um, the series with Jeffree Star was a lot of filler, but with these videos, there's no filler. It's hit after hit. It's fact after fact. And they're very, very well put together. Yeah. I I actually had a a great moment when you were talking about quality over quantity and how that's changed, uh, seemingly changed. Um, there, there was a, there was a guy, uh, I posted this clip on my Twitter, so I don't mind saying the name or whatever, because I thought it was so funny. This is this guy called Scrubby. He made a reaction. Oh, he still makes reaction commentary content, and um, I don't. I'm not a big fan of the reaction commentary content, to be fully honest. I think it's quite lazy, and I c- I could never watch it. Obviously, he has an audience, but it's it's not my thing. Um, but uh, so I was critical of it from from the very beginning. I was like, oh, this is kind of kind of lazy content here. Um, you know, I, I don't think he really t- took it too personally, but for, he definitely, he went on a stream one day and he says, you know, John Swan videos are great. They're really great. But you know why he doesn't have 100K? He's uploaded nine videos in a year. The algorithm's not going to promote you. Uh, they don't understand how the game works. They don't understand how to get big on the website. And then fast forward, you know, less than a year on, sitting at over 100K when the algorithm's promoted me, and I've gotten big on the website oh, <laughs> without making daily content by uploading five times in a year, less times. 
so it doesn't like I he would he would probably say the system changed. I don't know if it did. I I, I think that that he, they think there's only one way to get big. I think there's a numerous ways to get big, and I think one of them is differentiating yourself, differentiating yourself enough um, to to make other people you know watch your stuff and and, and pay attention, um, and and just making good videos. You know, there's there's probably you know the the thing the people always ask me you know how do I get recommended in the algorithm? How do I you know how does my video go and, and get recommended and I just tell them look just make good videos and all the stats will follow you know there's like a few little stats that make a difference you know it's like uh you know viewer retention is one of them so just how long people watch just just make good videos and people will watch longer you know um CTR click-through rate how good are your thumbnails just make good thumbnails and people will click on them um you know good titles good thumbnails um and you know how many people subscribe from watching your video you know you know, the, 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 you know, just make good videos and people will subscribe. Like everything goes on from just making good videos. And then all of a sudden, all the stats will fix themselves and, and your video will go into recommended. That's what I say. And I think people overcomplicate it too much because, um, I don't know if I overcomplicated that much and my videos do really well. So there you go. That's personal experience for you. I think it's I think it's very very interesting. I think it's so many people define their content around you know getting big and going viral. I think it's like you oh, know yeah. you have to do the things. I think it's very important to have a good thumbnail and have a good um, title, metadata, your tags, all that sort of stuff because that's what it is. It's the it's the click through rates, it's the retention, it's all that sort of stuff. But I think it's sometimes I feel that people. Just, I think people try too hard. It's like, okay, like even clickbait oh, stuff. Yeah. It's like, okay, um, I'm going to make a video on this subject and it might be unique and it might have been, you know, it might not be covered that much as well. You might be able to cover it better than everybody else. And I think people try and um, go clickbaity too much. It's like with your videos, for like the Chris Hansen, it's like that is something that is very big on YouTube. It's something that I don't think anybody has covered that well um uh there were some videos but they didn't do like super well um but i think the i think the the reason they didn't is because they the uh, this stems back to before the titles are a little bit weird and i don't think i don't think it really worked um but there were videos but not not that many no and then i think i think once sort of i don't what am i trying to say i feel like if somebody does it like really, really well, and I think that's what like once you've done it really, really well, and three months video, three months ago that video came out, I I think after that mm. nobody can really cover that unless they're going to provide new information, <laughs> and then but but I'm sure some people have yeah. gone on that bandwagon and gone oh John Swan made a big video, 1.5 million views, let's try and jump on the bandwagon, and that's what happens with the commentary community. They jump on the bandwagon. And they just, you know, it's just repeating the same sort of stuff. And there's never a new angle. There never, never no. is. Absolutely. No, no. You see, this is one of the, one of the, the common punching bags right now. Um, you know, whether you think it's deserved or not, I think it's just funny how many videos there are. You just search I'm Alex on, on <laughs> YouTube or I'm Alex Exposed or something of that sort. You'll probably get hundreds, hundreds of videos. 
Um, some of them came out around the same time, which is understandable, but you've got videos, like, every two weeks, I see another I'm Alex video come across my feed from someone retweeting it. And I'm just like, dude, you're not adding anything. Other people have covered this way better than you have, and you're still making I'm Alex videos after all this time. Holy crap, give it a rest! It's like, it's all the exact same content, the exact same stuff that's being talked about. Sometimes exactly the same sort of editing as well. Um, and it, the same exact videos over and over and over. And that's just one of the examples. I'm sure there's many others, but that's just the one I, I've talked about a lot because there's a real epidemic of I'm Alex videos on, on YouTube. There are far too many. Um... But yeah, that, that's that's just one of the common punching bags here. And that's not... I think it's like, when you're really involved in that commentary community, when you're like so deep in it, you're friends with those people as well. Um, and like, or you, or when you, if you're newer, you're trying to become friends with those people. Like I was, like, you know, a few years ago. The only thing you can think of is YouTube drama and talking about other YouTubers and that sort of stuff. I think it's really hard to sort of... I've had it really hard, especially, to sort of get out of that rut and sort of talk about mm. different sort of things. I think it's like, okay, with your with your channel, with your content, it's like you can't really go from doing a Chris Hansen video to go doing a video on... I would even say doing a video on I'm Alex itself, even if there was a lot of other information. If, it sort of seems like a downgrade. Like Susie Lou, mm. especially, it was sort of, that was something that was affecting YouTube as the whole. Unless it's a big, big, big story, do you think you could do another video on even another YouTuber? Yeah, I, my my next video is going to be about Deji, but that's, that's, a, that's a much bigger sort of, it, it, there's a lot to do with that topic that no one else has really covered before. So I think that that's kind of warranted, but... If I, like, if I were to hypothetically, if I really hated I'm Alex and I wanted to make a video on I'm Alex, um, I don't know. I feel like I would have to do something different than all the others. I couldn't just make a straight commentary video. Like, I've, I've had this idea in my head that if if it all worked out, if everything worked out, which it, it won't, this, this probably won't ever work out, ever. Um, but if it all worked out... And I had the opportunity to to go to Melbourne and to go to to the UK. I would make like a, a full like I'm Alex documentary kind of thing, like having interviews with people and, and stuff. And I think that would be really interesting because um, I think there's a lot of I think there's a lot of um, over exaggeration by a lot of people, and there's a lot of stuff that people don't don't understand either about that whole situation so i think that would be really interesting if i were to like get interviews with people that that were directly affected and you know talk to alex himself and i think that that would be really interesting but it, it probably won't happen but if i were to do like an i'm alex video i would want to do something like that like something big large scale kind of thing not lots like just something like a normal country video because i think there's, a, there's enough of them around so oh absolutely and I think that's, if you did, like, because with your videos, it very much is voiceover and, you know, very good visuals. And I think it's like, it's you know, that's, and that's, and that's the base, that is the base of, um, that's, that, and that's the basis of it. And I think it's like, if you had to do something on, the, as you said, it has to be bigger. So that documentary sort of format. And I feel like there's, I don't know, I feel like you could do it very much like, you know, digital interviews, 
doing it through webcam, blah, blah, blah. But I think very much in person is a whole different ball mm. game. And I think like that is a big, big, big project. And I feel like that would, especially if it's, if it's an I'm Alex situation, it's sort of, you know, the man himself, um, you know, it's, yeah. it, and there's, there's no barrier. There's no digital barrier between you guys yeah. for that discussion. It's a whole different ball game. I think people really gravitate, yeah. gravitate, to, gravitate. I think, I think that would be a really interesting project, but I, I don't think it's going to happen for a few reasons. Um, uh, like I don't, I don't think Slazer is going to be talking about his stuff anymore, and I think that that's probably a really important aspect of all of this. Absolutely, um, is not going to be talking. I just that's what I that's what my gut feeling is. I think that after the last, he did an interview with Carlos the other week, and I think after that, I don't think he's going to be talking about it anymore. That's just what it sounded like to me. It sounded like that was kind of his his last definitive explanation of everything and he'll not go back to it um which is probably good for him i mean he, he needs to move past everything that happened obviously um but I, I don't think he'll do it again and i don't think alex will talk about it either um and there's, there's a reason why alex hasn't um been affected like people have always talked about oh you know if he's been made so many videos made on him why he's not be cancelled why does he do still have a platform uh, it's because his audience doesn't cross over with any commentary, normal commentary community audience. Like, he's got two million subs and none of them cross over. Like, literally none, basically. I think he lost, like, 3k subs, maybe. I think maybe even less. He didn't lose that many, like, in comparison to his whole channel. I think he had over a million when this whole stuff went down. And losing 3k out of a million is really not that much. Um, honestly, it was probably better for him that those people did leave. Um... But yeah, he 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 uh, he didn't really have any fallout because he didn't have much audience crossover, and this is the problem with a lot of uh, if you want to go like broader in the commentary community. It's this is the issue as well with people trying to uh, to trying to uh, to to cancel people in a sense or, or or bring attention to them. A lot of the time, it doesn't really work that well because there's no audience crossover, and I kind of saw that with the. Uh, with the Susie Lou series. I don't know if that really had a direct impact on her. Um, as much as... It, well, I think the situation could have been a lot smaller if she just stopped talking about it and she stopped drawing attention to herself. That was, like, the problem. Um, but but in the end, she just became... she did. It wasn't really... Uh, like, we did see a little bit of sub-loss. It wasn't that much, though. Again, like... Uh, I think people just saw that she she kind of like they saw her true colors like a few of her audience. I think she maybe lost like four k, but yeah, it wasn't it wasn't that big. And 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 I think that's a it's a also a problem in the sense of the community is that sometimes it doesn't really have the impact that think it people think it will have. Um, Chris Hansen, on the other hand, um, well. I kind of, I kind of killed his channel. I mean, I didn't intend to do it, but I his channel's dead now. I, <laughs> I, I, like it was already on the downfall. I think I just like completely killed it. So <laughs> it's gone. It's gone now. I don't know if you'll be able to revive that channel. Pro I don't probably know. for the better, though. Probably for the better. I think. It yeah, was, yeah. Look, it's it is for the better. I think uh, he doesn't know how YouTube works, and I don't. I don't think that, yeah, he's he's not gonna he's he's not gonna revive it. I don't think anytime soon. No. And in, unless he can get his act together, he probably shouldn't. That's what I think anyway. And as history sort of shown, it doesn't really look like he's going to do a good job. 
Absolutely not. Um, no. One thing I wanted to touch on no. with with I'm Alex, um, the sort of um, the British commentary scene, especially like with his e boys, um, with Will and E and and James mm-hmm. and um, Mimulus, um, I think it's. It's sort of that classic, let's bring a few YouTubers together into a group. And all they're doing, they're only doing one video a week and a podcast a week, which is like the bare minimum, which is not much. Do you think, what, what's your opinion on sort of that? Do you think it's really helped their brand altogether? Do you think there's really any crossover between, do you think creating the eBoys channel has expanded their audience or do you think it's really just this, the same audience? Ah, you know, I I think. Okay, well, if we take the people with the most amount of subs, um, Will Oney is the most amount of combined subs. Mimulus is the most most amount of subs on his individual channel, I believe. Still, Will Oney's gonna pass though. He's gonna pass at some point, but um, yeah. Uh, I think. I don't think it's expanded their audience. No, I don't. Uh, I think it's um. I, th- I think it, it, it it's 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 like an extension of their audience, like there there's like I don't think that anyone new is gonna find the e boys and not have already watched the rest of their channels. Saying that though, I personally think the the e boys channel is some of the best commentary or sort of comedy commentary content out there right now. I I I really really like the e boys channel, the e boys podcast. Like I've listen to every episode of the podcast i've watched almost every video i i think this is some of the best that i really this is my type of content personally uh, i'm i was always a big fan of the sort of the, the british uh the british dry comedy kind of thing and that this really it really is that and i think that there's um you know the four of them bounce off each other really well um so I, I, yeah, I personally, I really do. I like the content a lot, but I don't know if it's really expanded the audience. But I don't think that's really what they wanted either. I don't know if if that's what the goal was with making the channel. I think the goal was to kind of bring all the audiences together in one place and um, and and make you know entertaining good videos. And you know, I think they've 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 achieved that to 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 as much as they really could here. Um, you know, I, I, I'm a big fan of the, of the channel and I hope that, I hope it goes well for them because I, I, you know, at this point, I don't, I hopefully it won't, you know, crash and burn or you know, I don't, I don't think they will. I think they've gone, you know, seven episodes of the podcast, which is more than I've ever done in my life. <laughs> um, more than most podcasts can say, actually, uh, a lot of podcasts, they kind of just start the two episodes and die. Um, but you know, it's uh, you know they've been doing quite well for themselves, I think, with with that, and um, yeah, I hope, I hope it goes well for them. That actually brings up an interesting point. Talking about podcasts, and you know, it's the whole oh, I, same with comedians. I'm a comedian. Let's start a podcast. I'm a YouTuber. Oh. Let's start a podcast. <laughs> but they realise they're not podcast hosts. Age three is a great example of that, where it's like, I think it's. I think he's sort of not backed himself into a corner, but I think he has sort of that. Okay, he made a whole studio dedicated towards podcasting. You can't just do a few episodes and then not podcast ever again. That's the mm. thing. He's have he has the whole infrastructure already built in. He's hired people to do podcasting and live streaming, and now it's like and now he's, I saw that he expanded to a few more series now as well. It's like 
Um, oh yeah. And what were they? What were they called? Let me just have a double check. I believe it's, it's... Uh, frenemies. It's frenemies with Trisha Paytas Not a fan. and his own his own podcast. Um, yeah, yeah. He he has backed himself into a corner with the podcasting, and I don't think he'll go back to like religious content making for a, for a long, long time. Because the podcast. Think about the podcast is. The podcast makes a lot of money. Oh, the yeah. podcast makes a lot of money. I think he gets paid a lot of money for all those brand deals that he puts in the podcast. Uh, apparently, he's lost 80% of them now because of the whole fallout from the Keemstar drama. Um, because people started, you know, he went after Keemstar sponsors and then people's, you know, the audience decided, oh, let's let's just phone up uh, H3 sponsors and send him the clip of him saying the N-word on, on this one stream. And, uh, you know, the, let's just do that. And then, um, you know, and then he lost all his sponsors. But I think his podcast, when it was, you know, when he didn't lose 80% of his sponsors, was making a lot of, a lot of money. I think he had like three or four sponsors an episode, Fuck which me. is... For a podcast as big as he is, is is a substantial amount of money. And if you think about, you know, a podcast, I think he used to go more than once a week. I think he used to go twice a week. I think now it's only once a week. Um, but I think he used to go twice. From what and, I can um, see now, it's he has the main podcast, he has After Dark, and then he has the Frenemies with Trisha, and then he has Frenemies, the, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. he has the Content Court as well. So it seems like he's doing four. Oh wait, is content court like not H three? I thought the content court is part of the H three podcast. Why am I wrong about that? Maybe. Well, unless they, unless that's unless tech. Well, does it has the H three podcast? Oh branding. no, you're right. Mm. You're right. You're right. You're right. It is. Yeah. It is different. Oh, oh wow. Yeah, you're right. He's got four now. Okay, that's four series. Although the After Dark live streams, so I think that's probably less less difficult for him to do. But yeah, it's. You're right. You're right. That, that's wow. Okay, that's four. I didn't even know that, that content. I thought content got was part of like his na- normal series, and he had like an ongoing thing. Okay, well that that changes it again, doesn't it? Uh- Absolutely. <laughs> so, and it's interesting. I think yes. it's like, do you think? What do you what do you think he's? I think that's like his aim. He's going to try and you know put out more content, sort of not beat the dead horse, but I think it's like you know get the most that he can out of what he's doing, and it's. I don't. Yeah. I don't think he's the best podcast host. I feel like he's got better. Like you know, there's no, that, that. He has. He has. He has. I, I think in the beginning it was really. It was. It was quite bad, man. And, and I think it got a lot better over time. Hundred um, percent. But no, he's not like an amazing host. I mean, I think, I think he's okay now. I think he, like I. The thing about the HD podcast is people. Some people said, "Oh, I think it's terrible. I can't watch the H three podcast. I think it's so boring." I don't know if it's horrendous. I think it's just average. Yeah, like great. I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's amazing, but I don't think it's like horrendous. I, I think with some guests it's really good, um, but it depends who it is. Like there's Jack Films and um, uh, Common Etiquette, and I think they bounce off really well because they're they're good friends, and I think that they're 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 you know the jokes and the comedy bounces off really well there. Um, but 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 with some other guests, it just it just doesn't land, just doesn't work. But it depends who it is. Some guests are good, some guests are just are just not. Um, you know, I I think uh, for for H three, the the reason he started the Trisha Paytas, uh, frenemies thing is because they bounced off really well with each other, or at least the you know the audience really really liked those podcasts. Um, they they uh they you know that they, they did. 
the comedy bounced off really well be- between them, and I think that's the reason they started that that Fremini show. And I think that's because that. they have really good um, chemistry. And actually, and the comments know, in that video are the same. Will probably do quite well for him. The comments in the video show that as well. Yeah, people yeah. love it. And I, I, yeah, yeah, they they do, they do. And 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 look, if you look at his, I'm looking at his channel right now. Uh, they are the most viewed podcasts of the last two weeks Far out. on the channel. So, I mean, that says something, doesn't it? I mean, people want the Trisha Paytas content because people really did love those episodes early early on. And so I think I think this is a winning formula. I think this is a winning formula for, for H3 and Trisha. And I think it'll probably go on for uh, for a while before they eventually have a falling out and then they'll make up and do it again. <laughs> it'll be, it'd be interesting. And I think it's... I, I was just thinking, what do you think would actually make the podcast better? Like, I say Frenemies, great, you know, it's him and Trisha. It's great sort of chemistry there. I think with the main podcast, I don't really like Healer as his co-host. And I know no, it's like, it's age three, no. blah, blah, blah. But I... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I, yeah, people have said this as well. Like, oh, you know, it's the wife. You know, she should be there. You know, she's... She's not really very entertaining. I'm very sorry to say, um, you know, nothing against her. Obviously, I I just don't think she's, you know, maybe, part, I don't know. She's very good at the whole podcasting thing, which is fine. You know, some people aren't very good at it, and that's perfectly fine. They have their own things that they're very good at. I mean, she runs an extremely successful clothing brand. She's got her own things that she's doing. Um, but I, you know, I don't know if she's an amazing uh, podcast host. There are some episodes where she's all right. I feel like ah, oh, there was one I I I don't again I don't watch the Edgy podcast very very frequently. I um I I but when I have watched it, there was one episode. I can't remember what which one it was, but there was one episode where Ela talked a lot, and I when I, when I listened to or when I watched that, I was like, wow, this is like this is the first episode where Ela's actually you know this has 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 actually been you know an enjoyable co-host. But then it never happened again. So I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know if that was with a guest that she maybe was more comfortable with. I'm not 100% sure. But, um, yeah, there there was maybe the one that I watched. But other than that, not really. Uh, yeah, I think with a different host, it would be a bit, it would be a bit more, it would it'd be a bit more interesting for sure. But um, I don't know who, I don't know. He's never going to get rid of Vila, obviously. So, you know, that, that's, that, that, that's, that's just going to be it, isn't it? And I think that's it. And I think... As Lars pointed out, for those who are listening, listening live in the Discord. Oh, yeah, um, the live chat. Oh, just, just to point that out, this is our first ever live recording in the Discord, and it's actually going pretty well. So if you guys are listening and you want to sort of, you know, catch a, an episode that we record, you know, later on, you guys should come and join the Discord. We have recordings probably probably every week, roughly now, with different guests, etc., etc. But back to my point, what I wanted to bring up was, I feel like, as Lars um, in the chat pointed out... I feel like if she was like, you know, sitting in the back in the room and contribute something when she has something to say, it would be good. Sort of the Jamie to the Joe Rogan, only talking when things are, you know, when she has something to say, I think it's, and that's, that's the problem. She's not a good podcast host. I think Ethan is a decent personality. He's getting better as a podcast host. And I think it's just, he needs somebody who can bounce off him in that sort of, format and it's a very interesting format like it's not because mm. it's not just a pod it's not just talking now um it is a lot of like watching videos and reading articles etc etc because it's and i don't mind that format i think he's like gotten decent at it um i don't know it's not i think it's 
and I think it is very much a podcast you have to watch as well now. And I think that's like, you know, well, mm. and I, do you think like, I've never really, really listened to it just audio, like, or something in the background. I don't know. What do you, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I think H3 podcast, hundred percent. You need to be watching that personally. Um, but Frenemies, uh, the Frenemies podcast, which I listened to to, to sort of see how it was, um, that's fine with audio. You don't need video for that. But uh, H3 podcast, you you definitely need video for that. Just because of everything they show, you know, they show clips on the screen and a lot of it is, I guess, interaction that you see. Um, so so I, I think that's that that's kind of important. Also, because there's more people. When you, get, when you have only two people, I think you can kind of get away with having no video. But when you have more than that, I feel like you, you, video is, uh, is, is not necessary, but it's a bonus if you have it, I think. Um, the more people we have, I think it's, it, it, it turns out to be better. So, um, yeah, 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 I think H3, I think video, probably a good idea. But Frenemies, I think it's fine without. I agree. And I think the one thing, and I think actually it was, you know, smart from a marketing perspective, it's, you know, transferring his YouTube subscribers over to a YouTube channel that is releasing a podcast. I think if he just went audio or if it was like pushing audio really, really hard, um, he probably wouldn't be as big as he could be as well. Like, I think that's why Mm. Joe Rogan's one of the biggest podcasts in the world is because, you know, you can watch those video clips and it's, it's just like little things like that. I think he was very smart to sort of like not to do the podcast straight away. Like he could have done it like, you know, audio for a while and then, you know, gone into video later. But I think, you know, having the infrastructure there set up to do video and to do live streams as well. I think that's a very, it's very, very handy that he can do that and do it well and do it effectively. You know, I've, I don't think I've ever seen, at least not um, after like the first few episodes, sort of like um, audio issues or video issues or any editing issues whatsoever. Oh, yeah. I think like, the production it's, is very, very good. Absolutely. You cannot... It's very slick. Yeah. Very slick operation. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. I, I think H3... You know... Were you, were you talking about H3 podcasts or uh, bloody Joe Rogan just... Oh, H3. I, I, H3. Okay. Well, both of them actually are, are fairly good, so actually it doesn't really matter. But yeah, H3... H3 podcast, he does have... Um, it definitely does have a. Uh, it's very good production value. Extremely good production value. It's very slick operation. You know, you got Dan behind the camera, and uh, I forget the other guys now. I think they have three now, actually, that they work behind the, the the scenes to do it. And it, 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 it look, they, their their production it is very slick, and it is very very good. Um, and that that is one of the reasons uh, I think what's what's done so well. But um, yeah, yeah, it, it's definitely one of those things where it's uh, where that definitely does help them. I think. Why haven't you started a podcast? Because I feel like you know, with, <laughs> the, with the sort of content you make, it takes a while. Um, you know, you want to put the production quality into that, and I think that you're a good at. I think well, even just from this conversation and from um, the other podcasts that you've been on, you can talk and you can have a good, engaging discussion. And I think, like you know, could you put out a podcast every week that is? talking about the internet or talking about YouTube stuff. doesn't even have to be just that, just a podcast in general. Because there are, I don't know, there are a, quite a few podcasts that talk about YouTube-related things. And sort of, um, I think the market of people who want to watch slash listen about YouTube things would rather just go to the 10, 15-minute commentary video rather than listen to a half an hour, even hour-long podcast. Yeah, I, I think... Look, I've thought about it a lot. I have thought about it a lot because 
but if I'm going to do it, I want to do it like really, I want to do it different. I want to do it somewhat different enough that I can be distinguished from other people. Um, I had an idea because I, I moved, um, I moved, uh, close to Perth city now. Um, and there's a few other people in Perth city that's in the commentary community. Mm. Um, there's Black Wolf Company, and then there's Lanab, which isn't really—he's not really a commentary channel, but he's like in the in the community a lot. Okay. And I I just had the idea, you know, what if I started a podcast with these two guys, but we do an in-person podcast, an in-person recording, rather than doing the the digital the digital thing. I think that could be good, but I need to find a way to make it unique enough that it would be, you know, it it would actually work out. Um, and maybe maybe I'll wait till I'm a little bit bigger as well to have the platform where I can actually um, like uh, like promote it properly. But I I uh, you know I, I think it's I think it could be something that I could definitely do. I could definitely do that. Um, you know I, I think it's I think it should be it should be interesting. If I I'll have to think about it a little bit more. But um, it's definitely something I've thought about, and you know I think I could definitely do it. But it, it it's. Uh, I'm just gonna have to. I'm just gonna have to figure it out as I go. Would Would you say video if you're gonna do it in person? Do video? Oh overall? yeah, it's it's gonna have to look. I I don't think there's any other way here. I think I think I'm gonna. I I have to I have to do it video. I don't think there's any other way. See, that's interesting because I th- um one thing I had an I did an episode with Matt Tabor just a few weeks ago, and one thing he sort of mentioned was with the create unknown, going from because they went from audio to video and back to audio. Um, and they real like in terms of like um, growth, um, there was no. There was a few people who were angry in the comments. Oh, why do you go back to audio? Blah blah blah. But there really wasn't much of an audience difference. But then it's like mm. there's the video like with me and my set that because I've only just gone back to audio. I had my nice little set and it was something nice and all that sort of stuff. Obviously, like because I'm working full time as well on the side, so it's like it's really hard to sort of. Um, get time to edit it and do my podcast and work on the videos that I'm working on and all the other little things. Um, that's more from a, just a, a time perspective. I feel like if you have the time to do it, definitely do video. I think it does. I think it just adds a layer. I think it just adds a layer oh, yeah. to, um, to the, to the branding. And I don't know. I think people are more likely to watch. I don't know. Yeah. And that's, that's interesting. The, the, there's a, there is a good, the, the good example of, video and podcasts um is i think the earboys podcast has actually done it well in the sense that it's not it's not in person that's actually them recording in their own in their own um in their own places and and editor going through and putting it all together but the editor they've got i think it's chip fat i think chip fat is the editor for that and chip fat's really good he works with a lot of uk people and um yeah he's his comedic timing and his production value is actually really really good and uh yeah chip fat does a great job and i think that that is what really helps that podcast i think if it was anyone else that was on that edit or if it was anyone else less experienced on that edit it would be it would be different um but yeah, that, that's one example I think of a video doing really well. But I think that the in-person ones are really the best. And if I'm going to do a podcast, I'm not going to like half-ass it and 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 do it different. I'm, I want to do it in person. So that that's going to be that that'll be my my goal. I think if I'm going to do a podcast, I think it has to be in person, and it it um 
you know, I've got, I've got to make it different enough to, to all the other ones out there. And I think I can, I just need to find the time and I'm definitely not going to be editing it myself and I've got to hand it off to someone else because I really can't be bothered. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I'll need to figure out those ones, but, but yeah, I, I think, I think it, it should be good. And Lars in the chat just now, my favorite example of video podcast is cold ones. Oh yes. 100%. I 100% agree. I think that's the best. I think that's the best video podcast out there. Um, right now. Oh, it has and to I, be. I, I, I think it is. You know, I, I mentioned the e-boys because I think they're a bit more consistent. I think Cold Ones has sort of pivoted to more the shorter. I think they're sh- making like shorter, like almost clips now. Uh, they're not yeah. really making like a lot. Because I think of COVID, right? They can't, they can't, they can't meet up with anyone to do that, obviously. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think, um, yeah, because e-boys is more consistent right now. But I think Cold Ones, uh, when it was going, and it'll probably still come back. Um, I think, I think it'll hundred percent. Um, that, that's hundred percent one of the best video podcasts out there. I think it is the best, actually. Oh, I agree, and I think it's like what makes a difference is that it is very, it is highly, highly edited. Um, and it's like you know oh, yeah. with, with jokes at the top, et cetera, et cetera, and like you know zooms, blah blah blah, whatever you want to call it. Um, it just oh, it, yeah. it adds to it, and because like it is quite a lengthy podcast. Um, and I also think because I. From what I believe, the podcasts they put out on the YouTube channel aren't the full podcast. I believe that the extended versions are on their Patreon. Somebody in the chat might yeah. be able to. Uh, oh, that is that is correct. Is that right? Yes, I believe so. Yeah. I believe so. I think I think that the the YouTube one is. Uh, I think the YouTube one is highly edited and kind of edited down yeah. and the full version is on the Patreon. That's what I think. But that's I'm very smart as well. I think it's like yeah, it is you- very smart. I think they make a lot. I think I want to. I can't remember the last time I checked. I think it was like twenty grand a month or Fuck. something for the Patreon. I know. What am I doing wrong, dude? Um, <laughs> Cohen's Patreon. Let, let me check real quick because I think it was about twenty grand. Holy shit! I'm, I yeah. I might be wrong. No, it's twenty grand. Yeah, twenty grand. I was right. It's right on the dot, basically. Um, that's US dollars as well. Yeah. So that's like what thirty-two grand for us. A month. That's that's maintaining a from like, that's Patreon, great. and that's great. And they don't even put out stuff that often. That's what's crazy yeah. to me. Like the last podcast was two months ago. Is that right? I think it was. The rest are just they short did a videos. Quarant- yeah. They did a quarantine Q and A on the twenty second of September, and then they had an extended Joe extended. I don't know what that is. Uh, did they do a podcast think, with Joe? I think it's the cucumber. I think it's the cute. Is it the cucumber Joe meme somehow involved in that? Perhaps I have no idea. I'm not a Patreon. No, so neither I, I. I couldn't tell you. I probably, I probably should be. To be honest, it's only five dollars a month as well. So they've only got one tier. They've only got one tier. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Um, Actually, well, that's interesting because I believe the most, um, the Patreon with the most um, money coming in only has one tier. And let me just double check that. I think. While I just scroll down, if I can even find it, no, I can't even find. It. I think it's the it's um it's a political podcast of some sort. Most donated Patreon is the yeah it's the Tapo it's the the Chapo Trap House podcast. Which there's an article that says it was ninety five thousand dollars a month. I'm gonna just do a live oh. check. That is a fuckload of money. I cannot believe. Oh. And it's it's hundred and fifty eight. Oh. 158. Oh. That is fucking ridiculous. Oh, that's US dollars too. Holy fucking shit. They have two that's tiers. Like... One is $4.70. The other dollars, the other one is $5, which is crazy. 
Hulk. What's four dollars seventy and five dollars? Yeah, so one is access to weekly premium episodes and the entire premium back catalogue. Okay, cool. Oh, minus the sales tax. That's the only difference. <laughs> oh, right. So that's interesting. There's one with sales tax and one without sales tax. Yeah. Thanks, guys. And that's only that do one podcast a week and then a bonus podcast a week, and then you have the back catalogue. Now, that's very, very interesting. I'm going to bring, and I try to do this every episode, I'm going to bring my a wrestling analogy into this. Big wrestling fan right here. Let's chuck it in. One thing about the WWE Network which is their sort of video-on-demand service. Um, they do all the live pay-per-views there. The, the shows that they do each week, it comes on like two weeks later. Nobody's really paying to watch things two, two weeks later, especially when it's on 52 weeks a year. You can watch it live, find your results straight away. Um, they have a, lot, a bit of a back catalogue. People don't pay for a back catalogue of content in wrestling. I think um, TV shows are a bit different because it's, you know, so unique. Um, but with a podcast, which is coming out every week... I'm very, very surprised that people are paying for a back catalogue of anything, let alone a podcast. Is that is that weird to you? Because it's weird to me, very much so. You must love the brand if you're going to donate to a Patreon that has that big of a back catalogue. Yeah, I, I think I think you, you would have to you would have to like the brand a lot. I think uh but I I think Patreon is one of these things that's really di- like for me at least, it's kind of hard to get people to 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 to, to sign up if you don't provide really anything exclusive um so for me i thought okay i'll have to find some way something for people to sign up here that's not just like behind the scenes stuff because i i I don't think that that really draws people on that much but what i did that really worked was i released my video two days early on patreon and people people like that people really like that um and 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 i got i got a bunch of uh, a bunch of support from that um but the reason I did that, actually, it wasn't... I didn't want to release it two days early, but YouTube was taking a oh, fuckload of time with the monetization on that video. Absolutely. So I just decided, okay, I'm just going to release it early, and however long it takes for YouTube to monetize it will be, how, you know, however long it's going to be up on Patreon form. Uh, it took YouTube 36 hours to review my video. Oh, so by that time, it was already past the time I could release. So it was two, two days on Patreon. Before. <laughs> fuck me. But that's smart. It's like, you know, if YouTube's going to fuck you, why not take advantage of it? And, you know... Yeah, exactly. That's, that's exactly right. Before we do sort of sum things go. up, um, I wanted to talk about something that's not YouTube, not podcast. I wanted to talk about um, you when you were younger. I want to talk about your schooling experience because, you know, you and I are both Australians. Um, did you enjoy school when you were... Well, obviously, when you were younger... Uh, well, what kind of when we be younger are we talking about here? Okay. What, what, well, let's, what let's, let's talk high school. Let's talk high school. Were you a fan of okay. high school? Yeah, yeah, yeah. High school was all right. I didn't, I'm not, I don't think the school environment really worked for me. I don't, I wasn't, like, I was okay in year 10. Um, and then year 11 came around. It was still all right. And then it, it year 12, uh, mm, yes, it did not, not go very good. Um, but uh, yeah, still got into university anyway, so <laughs> so they could they could they can they can they can suck. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I wasn't I wasn't great at school. I I think um I don't know if the school environment really worked for me very well. Uh, I don't think that that learning environment really catered to to to, to me very much. Um, in terms of the social culture of school, you know, I I, I didn't mind it. I think it was all right. Um, you know, I, I was one of those kids that wasn't like, that wasn't popular, but wasn't unpopular. Like everyone knew who I was. Everyone, like, I didn't 
no one really disliked me, but I wasn't really, you know, super popular, which is probably a good place to be, to be honest. Um, kind of just did my own thing and, you know, had a few people that I hung around with and that was, that was cool. Um, you know, the school environment was all right. I didn't do very well at school, though. Like, I, I don't think it, that really worked out for me. See, I was I was the same. I was sort of like, you know. Oh, there you go. I, was, I wasn't popular, but I wasn't unpopular. I wasn't a fucking loser. Um, I did all right at school. <laughs> I did, like, I did. I think I think it was, like, I the, the subjects that I really enjoyed and that I thought that I would be able, because I knew back in, like, year 11 that I'm going to start a YouTube channel. I wanted to get into media, and that was, like, what I always knew. Mm. So, I'm like, okay um science senior science fuck that i'm just gonna do it and get on with it because actually i was doing what we called food tech which was just cooking and i had to do like work experience for that i'm like fuck that i'm not doing that so i'm like change to senior science big bludge one of my favorite lessons of senior science was um the teacher's like oh okay we've got no work left matt no not not just me it's like oh let's just i'm just gonna go to the classroom um, Matt, can you just mind the, the classroom? So then uh, I went on the laptop that was connected to the big projector and I started playing. It, at first I played Bound 2 by Kanye West, the music video. And then I played <laughs> the parody that was with James Franco and Seth Rogen. Um, I don't think people really looked at me the same when I was like laughing my head off at, you know, Seth Rogen's titties bouncing around on top of the, on top of the bike, but. Oh, that's, that's, wow. Did, did, did they, did they ever catch you or did you just like. No, they never caught me. get away with it? They never caught oh, me. Oh, you I, got, I away got away with, with it. it. I, got, good one. I got away with a lot of stuff at high school. Oh, good, good. Oh, but... Someone, some, if I did that, someone would have said something. <laughs> fucking, there were some fucking snitches in that class. I'm telling you right now that they, those classes, dude, there were some, there were some fucking snitches in there. I, I, you can do anything without someone saying something. So I, 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 I have to be very careful. Um, depends what class you were in, though. Depends what class, but Absolutely. a lot of them. See, I love them. See, from um, one class, um, maths, when I was in maths, I was just... My teacher was... She had, you know, curly, curly hair, old, old lady, um, smoking cigarettes all the time, smokers cough. Oh. And, um, like, you know, she tried to teach the class, but when the whole class was, besides me and one other guy dumb as shit i don't like to say it like that but like they just couldn't understand like the 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 basic concept of like finance and the basic concept of like the times tables and shit like that it was they taught me and then me and my friend taught everybody else and that's how we got through (laughs) life and it was like you know it's like i don't know um mass was never my i like math is easy for not easy but it's like it was manageable for me but it was something that it was like i'm really glad i didn't do any high level of maths hundred uh, percent. Um, I ac- you know, I made the big mistake. Oh my god! Accidentally shoot. Yeah, <laughs> I accidentally. I in year eleven, I did okay. Actually, I did. I did it actually pretty well. Uh, in year ten, I was in the advanced math class. They put me in the advanced math class. But actually, they put a lot of people in the advanced math class. It wasn't exactly very exclusive. I say that, but I think <laughs> half the people were already, were actually in there. So, um, so so I, I was in the advanced math class and um. The the normal the the natural extension from from doing advanced maths is to do um I don't know if you have what are you in Victoria yeah no I'm in New South Wales I am no New South Wales do you have maths methods there is that what you call it there no I don't know actually I don't know what we have it's been that long ago I fucking okay. hardly remember oh yeah it's been that long ago I can't remember. maybe it's changed but I think it, I think you call it maths I think this, the naming system is the same here okay. um but yeah I did I did basically I did the high level of maths in year eleven. And in year 11, I was okay. I was okay. And then it got to year 12. The teacher changed. And oh my gosh. 
worst decision of my life. And I, you know, at first I was like, um, I didn't want to drop it. I didn't want to drop it because I wanted the, the thing about what my parents always said was, oh, you got to keep your options open. You got to, you know, you got to make sure that you do enough that you can do, you know, do basically whatever you want later on, whatever you want to do, you know. Um, so, so I, I kept my options open and I and I did the advanced maths and, um, oops, big <laughs> mistake. I should have gone with my gut feeling and dropped that class. Oh, um, the the same thing with physics. I um I did okay with physics in I did very good physics in year ten. I did okay in year eleven. The only reason I did okay in year eleven is because all of the assignments I fucking aced them all. I, <laughs> I so all the assignments I so well. I'm really good at assignments where I can research and do it myself, and you know I, I'm, I'm I'm very good. But when it comes to tests, yuck yuck yuck. Absolutely. Um. So I I I made the big mistake of going to physics in year twelve and not dropping it when the test results were shall we say uh, extremely bad. So I made that mistake. That was my the biggest mistake I was I, I made was dropping economics instead of physics and not going down to the lower maths class. That was my biggest mistake in school. And I wish I would have done it because my scores at the end would have been so much better. Um, unfortunately, they weren't. But it doesn't <laughs> matter because I got into university anyway and no one's going to ask about my school marks ever again. Oh, exactly. So um, at the end of the day, it's all, it's all done and I got in. So... I don't care at this point. And that's the thing. I think people, they put so much pressure on you. Like I remember sitting in what we called roll call oh, yeah. and it was the teacher's like, you have to get your applications in for university, blah, blah, blah. And I'm sitting here like, you know what? I'm going to be a famous CEO. I'm going to run a company. We're going to make videos and I... films. And like, you know, that didn't really work out yet. Getting there slowly, but it's like okay. Yeah, you will. And if you put if you put your mind to it, you do. And that's right. It's like you know, I'm I'm going to think it into existence. That's what I'm going to do. But one of my best mates, he was he dropped maths in year eleven, like completely. I'm like, surely you should just do the lowest maths and then drop one of the other maybe harder subjects. He's like, no, I really hate maths. Okay, sure. Um, I not, have done that. No, well, not that's not what I would have done personally. But you know, each their own. Now he's in London studying at one of the most prestigious art schools in the entire world. And I'm mm -hmm. like, what the fuck? And it sort of, it, it really, it really fucks me in the head that it's like, you know, yeah. I think you should definitely stay in school. I think it's like, you know, you should definitely complete school. Oh yeah. School. You should go, you should get the whole way through. You should. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Even if you fucking hate um, it. Yeah. And, and, and I, I think you should go the whole way through school, but I don't know, but the university thing, I think it's 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 really it, there's this this stigma of like you have to go to school you have to finish school you have to do well you have to get a good mark then you have to go to university for three or four years and you've got to go get a get get your degree and then you've got to go out and get a job like that's the the normal the normal way that everyone thinks about going to school and doing a uni and that's like the normal progression but I think I think that there's there's a lot to be said for doing alternative paths that people don't really put very very much focus on i think the whole uni system personally is a little bit redundant right now because it's you don't really need like i didn't get very good marks in school I, i'm just gonna say it like i did not get very good marks apart because my subjects i chose were not at all the subjects that i should have chosen um uh, oops, big mistake <laughs> but uh anyway i i i didn't do super well in year 12 um the ATAR that I got, the mark that I got, was just enough, basically, just enough to get me into a university. Uh, I got to Curtin. That's a good uni. Um, 
I was I was going to study. Uh, oh, they actually sent me an email like two weeks ago because I deferred. I'm actually on my gap year right now. Technically, okay. I'm technically still on my gap year. Um, uh, but but I, I deferred my course. But yeah, I got I got into to uni and and uh, but. I, I um I was going to do Bachelor of Commerce and I was going to do information business information technology which okay. is you know, IT basically, mm. um and I don't know I all the courses at uni they didn't really interest me that much, um like uh, there are some things I did in school that I did fairly good at like I I the things I did really well at I did media uh, did you do media as well because I did well, I didn't have it at my I school have, um, I didn't have any media. I did really well in that I didn't have any media um, classes at all so it was really I, I uh, we had entertainment which was sort of like um, no, the production the side, but it's not the same. It's not. No, no, no. Yeah, I, I did media, and I did I did fairly well from that. Um, I did politics and law. I did fairly. I did mm. actually very good from that as well. Uh, and then everything else was kind of a little bit trash. Um, those were the only two that I really did very well at. And then you know all the others, all the others kind of kind of didn't really work out for me that much. In fact, those two subjects was the only reason I was able to get the score to get into uni. If I, um didn't do as well on those that I, I wouldn't have probably gotten in to be honest um but yeah i, I was actually going a little bit of a tangent there i think it, it's too it's too easy to get into university and yeah. from what i've heard it's just too easy to finish university and get a degree at the end like it's mm. it's the, the system has become really accessible which is good i mean if, if you want to get as many people into university as possible but the thing about when you get more people into university is you start to have you start to have an oversaturation of degrees because it's so easy well well i think it's a lot easier than it used to be um you know you you go you finish school you you just pass uh, and you get you go to uni, and then you go to uni you for three years, and you just pass, and you get the same piece of paper that the other person that got ninety percent on on everything would have gotten. You got the same exact degree, and now uh, everyone has got the the same piece of paper you've got, and you've got to go into the already saturated workplace, and you've got to try and find a job with the same piece of paper with nothing to differentiate you between other people. And that's what I think is the real problem with the university system right now. And my, the, that's a big concern I had with, uh, with you know, applying to uni and doing all this stuff. I was like, how on earth am I going to find a job in the current landscape? You know, um, because what, what's different about me than the, you know, the other 50 people that will be applying for the same exact job as me? This is the, this is the problem. And this is the, this is the difference here. And um, yeah, it's, uh, this, this is one of my, my main issues. And um you know, I think I think that's a big problem with with how the university system is currently working right now. Oh, absolutely, and I, I don't think enough. Um, there's not enough put on alternative pathways because I think that it's the university pathways are heavily oversaturated right now. Like, there there are. Um, I think probably half my school year went to uni. I think probably half went to uni. I think probably another thirty percent went to TAFE. Another twenty percent, probably. Um, did their own thing, kind of. I know a lot of them were, um, were went to work on farms and um, kind of more uh, like um, uh, like a we have a, a a grain big grain facility where I was uh, where I lived and, and um, a lot of people went to work there as well. So there's a lot of people that did that kind of thing. Um, probably fifty percent went to uni. Um, 
and 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 you know i i think i think it's it's that's is a lot there's a lot of people that go and there's a lot of people that, that do the exact same thing and i think that's a that's a problem here and uh, it's one of the reasons i wasn't very enthusiastic with it so i deferred for a year i deferred for the gap year because i thought look i'm gonna try the youtube thing out i'm gonna see how we go because i really think i can make this work i really think i can make this work and i want to see what i can do so i deferred it for a year and um then I released the Minecraft documentary. Mm. This is not going to my own little, little story <laughs> here, but this is this is. I promise it'll 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 the it'll, it'll end up being a good a good thing. I released the Minecraft documentary that was in December, beginning of December, and it flopped hard, hard. I it, I think it got seven k views at the time. That was the, I just stopped at seven k. It didn't get recommended at all. The only way it got traffic was through the Twitter promotion that I put out, which did really, really well. Got like two and a half thousand likes or something. It was pretty ridiculous. Um, that was the only way it was able to get views was from that Twitter promotion. The comments were great. The likes were great. Everyone loved it. But, oh my gosh, it flopped so hard. And I, I had to think to myself, how on what on earth am I going to do here? Because this has flopped. If I'm going to do this for a year, if I'm going for gap year right now, I need to make sure that I can, I can, I can make this work. So, um, basically it was all nothing from me really until April when that Susie Lou video dropped and everything changed. The video did pretty well at first before it was taken down. I think it got 80,000 views and then boom, the strike came. And all hell broke loose. Did you expect it to hit that the, big? Oh no, absolutely not, absolutely not. I, I, uh, I did not expect this ever in my life. It was insane. It was insane. It blew up. Everyone covered it. Literally every every bigger drama, or not drama channel, but every bigger commentary channel covered the video. I was on scarce, like, four times. Um, you know, the only person that didn't cover it was Keemstar. I love him, as you could probably tell. Of course. Um, yes. But, but everyone covered it, and it just, the situation just blew up. And, and she did not help herself. Just over and over again, making videos, tweets, and everything else. And uh, and it, it just, it was just insane. If, and if she didn't respond, if you, if maybe like, you know, respond. Over in two weeks. Over in two weeks. Really? Yep. Okay. Over in two weeks. A hundred percent. I think, I think it would have, uh, it would have not had the impact of that. I think if she didn't, uh, from, from, look, uh, I'm pretty sure she sent that off to her partner manager like she did. She pretty much admitted to doing it, and that's the reason it was taken down that first time. Um, if she didn't do that and she just let it go, she just let the video go and didn't do anything about it, 150,000 views, no fallout, maybe like 200 people unsubbed, that would have been the end. That was it. That was it. Nothing. Like, I, I really think over two weeks. That uh, Like, most drama situations only last two weeks. Like... Um, it's a very quick cycle, absolutely. Keemstar and H three, I think that lasted. Keemstar and H three lasted three weeks. Yeah, and most the, only last it, two to three weeks. The cycle is two to three weeks. Twitch versus YouTubers, 
two weeks. I'm t- like, this is the common trend with most drama situations is their last two to three weeks. And there's no reason why Susie Lee would have been any different at all. So if she didn't say anything, if she just did what she normally did and nothing happened, it would have been all fine. And she would have had no impact at all. But she dug herself into a deeper hole with that video. And it just ended up being bigger. And, and, and it kept on going and going and going and going and going. And, um, you know, that situation went on for about one and a half months. Like, that was probably one of the longest dramas I had ever seen. And it was because she could not shut up. And uh, it's very sad, but, you know, that, that's that's kind of what happens. So so that did really well for my channel. I think I, I was, at the time, sitting around 50k when that whole started. I rose, uh, at the end of the Minecraft doco, I was sitting on 8k. 8k. Not much at all. Um, In the grand scheme of things, not much at all. And my AK is respectable, but it's not. It's not amazing. It's the next level. It it's is. not. It's not live off YouTube kind of deal. Absolutely not. So uh, 8K, I had 8K, and it was okay. You know, I was 8K is good. You know that that that's when you start. You know, rising up, and when people start to take notice is around that point. So I had 8K, and then um, then then Susie Lou happened. I think I was 50, 60K. I think actually, I think I was 60. I think I was 60. Um, by the end of that situation, which was insane. Um, that first Easy Lee video has 1.8 million views now. From zero, basically from 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 what it was sitting on at 80,000 to 1.8 million. You can, uh, if you told me one of my videos would have 1.8 million views right now, I wouldn't believe you. Like I did not expect that. I still find it hard to to quite fathom that. Anyway, so so that happened. And then, you know, I was looking around for the next topic. And I was like, oh, you know, people that covered this Chris Hansen thing, I think I can make a good doco going into, you know, kind of the history that no one else has talked about and, and a few other things. And I think that could be quite good. Was that was that the real big thing that wasn't covered? The history of and sort of what led up to it? Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was the thing. The first video was pretty much all new information. Like, the first 15 minutes was all new. And I think uh, a lot, some of that was taken, the points... Some of the things in there were, were extensions of other people's. But it, the, the first video, most of that was new stuff. Um, second video, a lot of that's been covered by other people already. But for the sake of doing a three-part series and having that, um, having the, the timeline, obviously I had to cover what other people have already done. That's just kind of what has to happen. Um, but, but yeah, the, the first video, uh, I, I decided, look, I'm going to do this Chris Hansen thing. And then I released that first video and I remembered it, it doing okay on the... No, it, I think it did better than... It did better than the Susie Lou videos. Or maybe it was number two. It was number two. And then, um, uh, as it went on, a few days on, like two days in, boom, YouTube just decides, we're going to just recommend the crap out of this video. And it flew off. And in five days, that video had a million views. Just, just, Was it, boom. Was it that quickly? Yes, I can. I can go to my stats right now. We can check right now. Let's do. Let's do the live check. I'm pretty oh, yeah. sure it was five days. I'm pretty sure it was five days. Oh, I'm having a little bit of an uptake in this. The video is getting recommended again, mate. On <laughs> on bloody, it's going up again. It's going. I don't even know why, dude. It's insane. Okay. 
Okay, sorry. No, it wasn't five days. In, in five days, mm. it was on 450. Mm. And then in... in It took only... Wait, did I say... Did I say five days today? Yeah, so 450. Mm. And then it took another four days for it to reach 800,000. So it doubled. Fuck me. And it had a million views... In thirty days exactly. So I was I was actually the, I did it didn't hit a million views in five days. I, that was overstating. But it it it's uh it hit eight hundred thousand in eleven days. But that's quite significant for somebody who does not have an audience. And like that, that that's, the, no, that's the algorithm. I had fifty k, sixty k. That's the algorithm talking. Oh yeah, absolutely. Look, eight hundred thousand in eleven days is damn good, and that's a lot better than the other people that said I couldn't make it about you know a year ago. So I find I found that kind of ironic, um, but yeah, it, it kind of it just took off, and it, it, it it's uh, that video is now on one point five million views. Crazy. So everything kind of it, it, look. It, the thing I say about this is, yeah, I, I I didn't know what I was gonna do. I really didn't know what I was gonna do with when this Minecraft video came out. I had no idea, um, you know, what the next steps would be. But then Susie Lou happened, and Chris Hansen happened. And now I'm at a point where I think I could release almost any video now, and I would pretty pretty much do well. I think. Absolutely. I think I think now I'm in a, in a position at this point, you know, 146,000 or something, which is insane, um, where I could release you know almost any video, and I would probably do well right now. This is this is probably this. I still can't really fathom this, and um, it's still really insane, and and the fact that. Um, we were talking about this just before we started. Um, the the I can't quite fathom that so many people are listening to me now. Like that's insane. Um, you know, I think that the Twitter following is probably more insane to me. I've got you know twenty two thousand people or twenty one thousand people that um, that 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 you know actively choose to follow what I have to say and actively choose to to every day see my see my tweets 21,000 people have clicked that button because they want to see what I have to say that's that's insane and that, I don't even know why they do it and, but. No, and that is insane and one thing that's actually interesting you could have you know a few hundred thousand subscribers that is not really transfer directly into Twitter followers or followers on any platform. No. There are so many no, great channels with a few hundred thousand subscribers and they've barely got over like 1k followers on Twitter which is oh, which yeah. baffles me. It really does. Yeah. If you've got you got to you got to you I think I've done the Twitter game pretty well Absolutely. in 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 the position that I'm in. There are people that do better than me though. Um there's one other guy in the commentary community, Nicholas Diorio. Oh, yes. He's caught just under my follower count, and he's got 40k subs. Like, whoa, dude, you've got like half of your subscriber base on your Twitter. That is insane. That is insane. That's really good. Um, but yeah, there are some people that do it much better than me, but uh, yeah, it, it's it's I think I've done the game pretty well on Twitter. I think I've I think I've played it well, but the Susie Lou stuff was really what what took off on the Twitter stuff because a lot of that was Twitter based, like that that tweet. Of me just announcing I had the strike, I think that's sitting on five k likes right now. So I think that that kind of that kind of catapulted that. But yeah, I think it's it's insane how many people actually listen to me now. I don't think I've really quite fathomed this. Um, like 
I've gotten to the point where I can tweet almost anything and get likes, which is kind of strange. <laughs> I don't really like it's it's kind of weird. Um it doesn't even matter like what I say. People are still gonna like like the tweet. So it's it's kind of weird. I haven't quite fathomed it in my head right now and I haven't quite figured out all this stuff in my brain about, you know, you know, how many people truly listen to me right now. Um but yeah, it look, it's 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 it can only it can only get better from here. I'm pretty sure, and uh, I hope it does because I've I've had I've had quite the blast right now, and and I'm at I'm at the point in the past five months where I've um or six months or five I've probably five months yeah from Cecilia onwards, um I've gotten to the point where I have um set up a business, I've um gotten to the point where I've moved out of of how of of my of my parents house I've moved into my, my own place in the city and I'm making a living for myself off YouTube um to and and and, and not uh, heaps but I'm I'm making enough to 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 live and, and and survive and do everything that I need to do and and I'm you know I'm enjoying it while I'm doing it making videos is a is something that you know, I'm really, really passionate about, it. and to have that as a as a job is is insane. And um, I'm so you know I'm so thankful to everyone that's that's allowed that to happen because I really I really didn't want to get a uni. And uh, let's just say that um, let's just say that the university will not be getting an email back to their to their deferment offer again, um, and at least not at this point. Uh, I mean, we have the great system in Australia where we can go whenever we want, which is fantastic. You know, they, you know, the guaranteed acceptance rate for your for your you know, your, your scores, which is fantastic. Not everyone has that privilege, so I can go back if I want to at some point. Um, I don't know if I will. Uh, I think this has worked out so far. There's no reason why it wouldn't work out anymore. But you know, let's just see what happens. Um, I, I'm I'm very happy with where I am right now, and I never expected this to happen as quick as it did. But um, you know, I I uh, I had a goal that by the end of this year, or by like November this year, which I think the applications have to be in by, um, is when I had to hit 100k, and I hit 100k in May, mm. I think. Right. So I before the before the middle of the year, I'd already hit the goal that I set at the end of the year. Yeah. So I think by that point I thought, okay, this is this is I think this is going to work out. I think this is going to work out, and uh, and it did, and I'm very very happy it did, um, because now I get to I get to do what I enjoy as a job, which is insane, and not everyone has that that privilege, and I'm 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 so happy that I I finally got it to work. No, that's brilliant. I'm 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 very happy for you, especially somebody from especially an Australian creator because you don't see that often. You really don't. Um, thanks. Dude, it, it, this, it, there's not no, enough. There's, there's, no not enough. there's not enough. There's not enough. You're right. Absolutely. Um, before we sum up, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for <laughs> coming nothing, on this. Nothing. Coming on this bloody this this not a problem. This tiny little podcast. Um, somebody who is, you know, who is is successful yeah. as you, hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I know for the last like five minutes there, it sounded like I was like blowing like smoke up my own ass there. So it was like, oh, John Swan, best YouTuber ever. But no, like I'm genuinely thankful for everything that's happened, and I never expected this to to, to happen as well as it did. And um, you know, 
I've got to, hopefully I, I keep my head, because I think I've kept my head fairly okay so far. Um, hopefully I don't become a massive egotistical um, YouTuber. You know, I still, I, I try and help out. I try and help out when I can, because I've got the platform now. And I, I'm, I'm, I want to try and help out people that, that you know, that, that I believe have a lot of potential. And because um, I wish I had that, you know, I wish when I was coming up, and uh, when I was when I was uh, doing my thing and do, making videos, when I didn't have many views, I wish I had someone that uh, that 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 you know that, that promoted me and 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 helped me grow. And I didn't really have a person like that. So I want to be the person that I wish I had when I was coming up. So hopefully I can help out some smaller guys and, and get up there. Oh, but uh, so yeah, hopefully hopefully I keep my head and and and, and, do, and do what I can. But yeah, always happy to come on, dude. Oh, always happy that. to come on, um, Nick. I think uh, it, it's it doesn't matter the size of the podcast; it matters the conversation on the podcast. So there you go. On We Talk is hosted by Matthew Winner, produced by On We. You can listen to the show on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, or watch it in its entirety at YouTube.com/OnWeTV1. You can show your support by becoming an On We Plus member, where you get exclusive series and podcasts early access, and member-only perks. Join us at onwe.tv forward slash plus. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.